Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Now we can stand. I'm going to be turning to 2 Corinthians tonight. We're glad to have everybody tonight. Glad you're in the house of the Lord. It's, it's, it's good to see Staretta tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. We appreciate all of you tonight coming to the house of the Lord. I can't tell you how long it took me to put this together. It's, I don't know, it started last year sometime, and it's been by bits and pieces and and just sometimes in the midnight hours, uh, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. But uh, together I feel like that God has done something and, and put little pieces on it that I need to bring out tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And I want to read verse 1 through 4. Hallelujah. When you get there, say amen. amen. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly. And indeed, bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Everybody said simplicity. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you received another spirit, which we have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might bear with him. I want to turn then to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3. And I want to start at verse 1 and read down through 7. By there? Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God knoweth that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word. Oh, God, I pray tonight that you would move in this service today. Lord, I need a fresh new anointing tonight. 
We need you to come into this house, Lord, and speak to us tonight through your word. Oh, God, evangelize, Lord, I pray. This tabernacle tonight, God. Lord, move upon those that are weak, Lord, that need strength and give them strength. Lord, I pray that you would encourage the discouraged and lift up, Lord, those that are down tonight, God. Through the word of God, let it speak to them, Lord. Help me tonight, God. I need your anointing, Lord, and your fervor upon this message. God, for I'm only a container, God, but the message is yours. In Jesus' name right now, amen and amen. And you can be seated. If I could for a while tonight, I'd like to, pee, is to preach on this subject. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And I think that's what we need to do is to keep it simple. Paul is telling the Corinthian church here, if Sister Eve could be deceived in a perfect setting, they could be deceived in their time, and we sure could be deceived in the world that we live in. Amen? Hallelujah. I began to think of all the things that are in this world. Uh, we've, uh, you know, technology has taken its role. And uh, we've got all of that. But I'm going to tell you, on the other side of the fence, the evil, the enemy is using this stuff too. And, uh, you know, we're living in a world today that is complex. Amen. We're, uh, we're you know, we're, we're fighting a battle every day. This is not just a normal battle either. Amen. In fact, can I say that the battle keeps getting harder every year? It's harder to get people to church. It's harder to keep them in church. It's harder for us to stay in church. Amen. I began to study this and, and, and read about it. And uh, I want to go to 2 Corinthians 11 and verse number 3. And I want to read it out of the Jerusalem Bible. Let's get, let's get the whole thing. It says, but the serpent with cunning seduced Eve. And I'm afraid that in the same way ideas may get corrupted and turned away from simple devotion to Christ. What he's trying to tell us in this scripture text, Paul is trying to tell us that we need to be simple. I'm simple-minded, y'all. Now, I know, you know, if you look up in the dictionary, there'll be a part of that that'll tell you it's uh, stupidity. But in this verse, it's not stupidity. It means in this verse, singleness of heart. Hallelujah. The Lord is hunting somebody to serve him and him only. Come on. I shall not have no other gods before me. Come on. There's none beside thee. Hallelujah. There's only God, can I say. And the word simple or simplicity, can I say in the Greek, means pure and sincere. Come on. This this goes a long ways of what we're serving. We're serving a God that's simple, that's sincere, and he wants us to be simple and pure and faithful. Come on. Helpful, giving, 
Come on. Prudence. Not in a bad way. Harmless. Innocent. Or unsuspecting. Not divided. Everybody say not divided. Come on. Hallelujah. We cannot be divided in this thing. We must be in singleness of heart. Come on. God is simple even from the beginning. Yes, sir. He was simple even from the beginning. Let's take a look. In Genesis 2 and 9, he said, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden. Everybody said in the midst. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Can I say something that maybe we don't think about a lot? Because you know what? The tree of good and evil is mentioned way more than the tree of life. In fact, it seems like that all the attention goes to the tree of good and evil. Yet there we find out, according to the word of God, that there is two in the midst of the garden. There is a tree of life. Come on. And there is a tree of good and knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. Hallelujah. I want to be like the Apostle Paul in Corinthians just a little bit. I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul more for just a moment if you'll just bear with me. If you'll bear with me a little bit. This is from the, the, the Bishop McGee commentary, if you please. The tree of life was pay, placed in the midst of the garden. And since God is simple, he made it maybe a little bigger. It's just plain, but it's bigger. Amen. So, so God keeps it simple because on it, he, he don't place no embellishment. He don't put anything special. Come on. It's just a normal tree. Then there is a tree of knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, right? And God may have, and this is, this is just me, I began to think upon this the other night, and I got up and, and was sitting in my office at home, and I began to think about how God is, and He's careful to give us all of the information that we need. And sometimes, if He don't give us information, He just kind of helps things out. And I began to think, what would God do maybe? And, and I thought, you know, God could... Take that tree and maybe maybe I better just, you know, I, I thought about it and I thought, you know, God might even just, just for the fun of it, not for the fun of it, but for your knowing, he may think, maybe I ought to just label these two. Maybe I ought to label the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Maybe I ought to just, maybe I ought to just label this thing so, so God puts, a, puts him something up here so people can tell what it is. It's a tree of good. And I had some place I had a thing here that this was going to hang on. Here it is. Glory. You got to look on these trees, you know. You need to find a place. All right, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God says, "Okay, I'll, I'll just show you which is which." So, so you can, you can focus on what you want. Now, notice there is fruit on all the trees. And they're free to eat any of the fruit off of any of the trees except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Y'all catch that? Two trees in the midst of the garden. But there's only one of them that they're not able to partake of. 
Now, if I hung a sign on that and put a fence around it, which one are you going to take? Come on. I'm talking about what Jesus does sometimes because he, he's a God of the second chance. See, he goes the second mile. If you'll walk one, he'll walk two. Hallelujah. So he don't put any embellishment on the tree of life, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil Maybe a little bit of reminder. He puts a little fence in the back of it, not in front of it where you can't get to it, but he puts it maybe a little backdrop that this is it. Hallelujah. I kind of think maybe that's what God would do. But then I got to church and I began to study over here and and then this began to work on me. And, you know, God puts a fence around it, just a warning, just a reminder. Because God always goes a second mile. And God always has been a God of separation. Even from the beginning, he was a God of separation. He separated the tree of life. Come on. From the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He puts them side by side. But I think maybe he might have put a little bit of fence, a backdrop up just for you and I. Just so we know what's what. Come on. Just so we know the good and evil, we're not supposed to partake of it. Because in the day that you take of that, you're going to die. There ain't nobody ready to die. Come on. God has just made Eve. Be ashamed to die after God just making you. Glory. Hallelujah. Remember, though, we've got somebody else that's in the garden. Let me tell you, he's in the church. He's wherever you're going. Every day you meet up with him. And if you don't meet up with him, let me tell you, he's following you. In everything you do, he's following you at work. Come on. He's getting involved in everything you're doing, whether you realize it or not. There's a feeling, there's somebody that sets you off or tries to. There's somebody that's trying to get the best of you every day, somehow, some way in your business. Hallelujah. So the serpent says, he kind of, you know, he's, you, anytime, anytime you find God, you usually find serpent, the devil. You know. He was walking to and fro, up and down in the earth, you know, in Job's day. And we find out God was there too. God said, what are you up to? He said, oh, I'm just walking to and fro in the earth. He said, well, have you thought of Job? Have you thought of my servant Job? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, this is the way God works. And he said, you know, God, that Job is a righteous man. He eschews evil. Oh, glory. So the devil takes a look. He's, he's walking up and down in the garden. Well, he's crawling on his belly. but He's sneaking around in the dirt. He's going up and down. You know, he's, he's marching before these trees because he's got his eye on one. And he thinks... Maybe, you know, the Lord's kind of helped me out here. He's put, put a fence behind it. So, you know, I may, might be able to just dress this up a little bit. So he said, you know, hey, white stands for everything pure. So the devil says, you know, I think maybe I can put some lights on that tree. 
I'll brighten it up a little bit. You know, if, if, if God is a God of light, then I'm going to put lights on it because I'm trying to draw Eve's attention to this tree because the only way that I'm going to catch her is make her eat or, or somehow, subtie, you know, I'm going to have to use my, my, my trickery and cunningness to draw her to the tree. So I'm going to light it up. So when Eve walks by, Sister Eve is going to say, Oh, my, isn't that pretty? Woo! My goodness, offense, isn't that just lovely? My goodness, you know, I can almost see her. She's going up and feeling the leaves. Woo! Mercy. The tree of life is right beside it, but she pays it no attention. Come on, church. We're living in a world today where good and evil is side by side. And if we're not careful, we'll take for the evil rather than the good. We won't pay no attention to the tree of life. You know why? Because the devil lights up things. All you got to do is watch commercials on TV. And I told my wife, I said, you know, it's terrible that when the commercials come on, you got to turn the TV down. Because they're so loud. Come on, Satan is loud. But I'm going to tell you something. When we get a God that's worshiping him and praising him, I believe we can outpraise the devil. Come on, I believe we can worship louder than he is. Come on, I believe that we can get everybody's attention. Come on, if we worship God like we're supposed to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just make this a little better. I'll, I'll outdo God. I'll, I'll make this thing good. So he adds some lights with the fence standing out. And maybe this will get Eve's attention. Come on. She'd already been warned. Adam had already warned her. He'd already talked to Adam. He said, no, I'm going to let you eat of every tree of the garden. But the one that's in the midst of the garden. Notice God don't even, you know. Thou shalt not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He didn't bring up the tree of life. But it's in the midst. Did I not read scripture where it's in the midst? Come on. Hallelujah. Is good and evil not side by side even today? It's our choice. Come on. He has put this there for us. He's going to try Eve and Adam out just to see, are you really going to go with me and live for me? Are you going to go the other way? And I'm going to tell you, all these trials and all of these things that come before our eyes, even in this day, is nothing more than to try our faith to see if we got what it takes to be a Christian. Come on. Everybody's a Christian today, but there's not everybody living right. Come on. They take the good with the evil, and somewhere in between, they're supposed to be a Christian. Come on, church. Somehow, we got to be set apart. Come on. We got to be separated. We can't be on this side of the fence and then partake of the tree of life. Oh, Jesus. So Eve begins to march back and forth. She begins to look at the tree. And in God's simplicity, I can almost, 
I can almost hear him thinking, my, I hope she don't, but I'm afraid she's going to. Hallelujah. Any of you ever disappointed God and done the wrong thing instead of the right? Oh, your enemy, he's, he's, he's fixed this tree up. He's lit it up. He said, maybe, maybe I can get her attention. Maybe I can get her taste of the fruit. I'll light it up. I'll make it look good. My, look at that fruit. Man, look. Man, there's stuff on this tree. And she's feeling of it. You know, she's looking it over. Oh, it's, it's, it's a pretty tree. It's, it's, it's one to be desired. Come on. But never once does she look to the right. I've done that for a purpose. To the right, to the left. Come on. This is the side of power. This is the side you fall on. <laughs> so she don't pay no attention to the other tree. She can eat of any of it. Come on. Any fruit except that. She don't miss. She don't look at this one. She walks on past it. This is the only one that catches her eye. And God makes it stand out so she'll know that it's not to be eaten of. Oh, Jesus. This is the world we live in. Hallelujah. Does anybody follow me? Isn't this what happens in real life? Ain't this what the devil does in real life? He dresses it up and makes it look good. Just look at the commercials on TV, you know. They give you, they show you people sitting around with this glass, you know. This mug in their hand and they're, they're turning it up and they're all smiles. It don't show you after they've gone home and they're knocked out to their gourd. You know, they've, they've, they've passed out on the bed or, or you know, the wife and, and, and the husband have a great big old fight because they've done things they didn't even knew the, know they'd done. Come on. It, come on, it even takes your mind, church. And when you eat of this tree, it'll take your mind. Come on, if you eat of this fruit, it's, it's going to take your mind. It'll separate you from God. Come on. I said it'll separate you from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so since we've put a little time in this, then I want, I want to get back to, I want to get back to Scripture. See, what I got to preface somehow is moral propensities propensities remain undiscovered until the force of outward circumstances bring them into action. Come on, I said moral propensities remain undiscovered until the force of outward circumstances brings them into action. See, evil seeds have been nourished in the heart where did they come from? Come on. A lot of times we don't know that we got something in our heart that God don't like until something comes up. Something comes up to uncover that that's buried down there that we had no idea was there. Moses knew nothing of his impatience and anger until Numbers 20 when he smote the rock twice when God told him to speak to it and he got so angry at the children of Israel that he smote the rock twice 
And water still come forth, but it cost him a trip. <laughs> Woo! And, and then, you know, he, he didn't know nothing about the anger. Also, he break the tables of stones, and he's coming down from a mountain. He'd been with God 40 days and 40 nights, and he'd got the Ten Commandments on two tablets of stone. And he's coming down. And when he sees the golden calf and sees the children of Israel that got wrapped up in some things that they should not, they partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they built them a golden calf. And they was worshiping that thing, and they wasn't only worshiping, they was partying and dancing, and they were naked, and, and, and Moses got so angry at them, he threw the stones down and he broke them. Let me tell you, Moses didn't know nothing about the anger till this come out. And a lot of times we don't know about the anger that's down inside of us till something raises up and we find out that there's anger there that we need to get rid of. Or well, you know, think, well, I've been living for God too many years to do that. Wrong, oh. Sister McGee, after I had my heart surgery in 2015, I got out of the hospital, and I've, I've talked to ministers that has went through this, and I, I had some problems for two or three years. Still, we, you know, trying to get rid of all of that. But I'm going to tell you, I've become a different person. Brother Freddie, I didn't like who I'd become. I told my wife, I said, where'd this anger come from? I, this don't belong to me. I've never had anger like this. When God called me to preach, all of that left. What is this? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the old enemy that at your weakest hour, he's going to work on you. If he can get you down, he's going to stomp on you a little bit. Say, I'll soften him up a little bit. Come on. I'll, yeah, come on. Hallelujah. So he started working on Eve. Come on. You, you need to eat of this tree. Oh, he said, no, God said we're not to eat of that tree. He said, because when we not to even touch it, she said, they don't he tell you, come on, not even touch it. She, he didn't say that. He said, don't eat of it. Come on, feel of it all you want to, but don't you eat of it. Hallelujah. And then, you know, so when, when, God, when God puts something there, there is always some repercussions if you go against his commandment. Glory. Hallelujah. So let me tell you something. Hallelujah. There's a tree of life. There's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. But I'm going to tell you, we need not to partake of the one that he separated and set apart. Come on. And, and, and he's made us a separate people. And he set us apart for such a time as this. In the day and hour that we live, we must be separate if we're going to win souls. We can't be like the world and then pretend to be a Christian. Come on. I've got to live right. I've got to talk right. Come on. I've got to be right. Somebody said I've got to be right. Yes, sir. Got to be right. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you something. Hallelujah. These things show up. Moses didn't know they were there. But when God began to work on him a little bit by the children of Israel, he found out he had some anger he didn't know he had. Hazel knew nothing of his cruelty until the prophet Elisha told him. 
because he had come to Elijah to see the king had sent him to Elijah to see if he was going to get over his sickness and live or if he's going to die. So he sent him to Elisha, and Elisha said, he's going to live, but then he started crying. And he said, man of God, what are you crying about? He said, because the Lord has showed me that you're going to become king, and you're going to be terrible to the children of Israel. In fact, he showed me you're going to be king. And, and here he is, here's here's. Here's Hazel. He said, well, what do you think I am? Am I a dog? I mean, am I, I'm not capable of doing this. You know me. That's not me. I'm going to tell you, when the devil gets a hold of you, watch out. Because there's some things inside of us that's been laying there for a while, and circumstances may bring it forward, and you say, uh-oh, where'd that come from? How many times have you already done something and said, where'd that come from? You already said something. You didn't aim to say it. So where'd that come from? That come from way down below that was covered up. But something brought it to surface. Come on. Hallelujah. We got to watch, church. We got to keep this thing simple. Oh, God, it's all about commandments. Fulfilling his commandments. Doing right. Come on. Not doing wrong. And if we can split and separate that, we can live a victorious life for Christ. Hallelujah. Woo. I said we can live a victorious life for Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Hazel knew nothing about it. Hezekiah knew nothing of his pride until Isaiah told him he was going to recover from his sickness. In Isaiah 39, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where I put that up. I probably didn't. Isaiah 39. I want to read verse 6 through 8. And behold, the days come. All that is in thy house and that which thy father have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah, then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, now listen to this. God, good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. He said, moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. So much pride that Brother Terry, he didn't even care what happened to his son. To his family. Come on. So they're going to carry him away to Babylon. Well, that's all right. That ain't going to happen in my day. I don't know about you, but I'm worried about my children. Come on. I'm, I'm not only looking to this generation, but I'm looking to the generation where my kids and grandkids, Sister Shaetta, is going to come up in. I'm, I'm worried about what's going to happen to them. You want them to get mixed up in the tree of good and evil? Or do you want them to choose the tree of life? Think about it. Adam and Eve could have partaken of the tree of life and lived forever. Come on. They could have eaten of that. There, there was nothing in the, in the Bible that said they couldn't partake of this tree. It's only this one that they could not partake of. Yet it was given no notice. Nobody ever noticed it. Come on, church. 
Why is it that we make good evil? Come on, it's all right. No, it's not all right. There's some things that we need to stand up for and we need not to back down one bit in this day and hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. Conscience and reason are on our side for these are God-given things to direct our lives and the light of the Word and the Holy Ghost will guide our conscience if we'll allow it to. God give you a conscience and He give that to you for a purpose. And I know, so well, I didn't know there's anything wrong with that, but yet in your conscience, if you just listen to your conscience, it's God-given. He give you a conscience so there's a feeling that comes in there and you say, I just don't feel like I ought to do this. That's your conscience. It's God-given. Everybody say, it's God-given. And yet there's that little voice that's up here on your shoulder and saying, oh, it's all right. Come on. Eve was looking at the tree. He said, you won't surely die. No, 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 no. Only thing, you're going to be like God after you partake of that, honey. Oh, you're going to know, you're going to know just like God does. You're going to know good and evil. You're, yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to be as a God. Hey, we've got that spirit in the world today. We've got a new age movement. They all think they're gods. I got news for you. There's only one God, and there can't be two. And whether you know it or not, he made you and he made me. And he made the trees and all the other stuff. Come on. He's still God. He made everything in the beginning. Come on. He, come on. He planted the trees. Come on. He separated, come on, the water from the land. It was him that done that. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, well, the word of God is good. It, Long as in my day, there's peace. I don't know about you, but I want there to be peace in my grandkids' day and my kids. Come on. One of these days, I'm going to leave this place, and I want my kids and my grandkids to be in good hands. Come on. I want to teach them right from wrong. Come on. I want to tell them about separation. We need to separate ourselves. We need to live differently and talk differently and act differently. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. See, I want to tell you something. It's all right to get angry. Bible said, yeah, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. That means if you have a fuss with your wife that you're supposed to straighten it out before you go to bed. Because if you don't, you're a heap of trouble. Come on. If you have a little disagreement with a pastor, really before you leave church, you need to get that straightened out. Come on, church. Because what if you die right there on your way home? And that went left undone. Come on, church. We got to keep this thing simple. It's not complicated. God didn't make a complicated gospel. He made it so we could understand it. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Let me tell you what we do. We invent excuses. 
for our conduct. You know, we blame someone else. You know, Aaron blamed the people for the golden calf. He said, oh, Lord, you know how they are. You know, they, they, you know they're, they're just, you know, this, this is them. I just told them to pull off all of their ornaments and said they give them to it, and I throw it in the fire, and out came this. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, don't, he, don't, he don't take no responsibility for carving it or doing nothing or molding it. He, he, he didn't have nothing to do with it. It was all the children of Israel. I'm going to get out in business. You know, excuse of our day is, you know, well, I didn't have godly parents. I'm sorry, but that ain't an excuse. That don't work, Sister Rhonda. Didn't have godly parents. My family interfered. So they did. Come on, we got to live above our family. Come on, if they're causing us to sin, you need to separate yourself from them. If they're causing you to look at things you shouldn't be looking at, then you need to get shed of them. Come on. I, yes, sir. I want to reach heaven. And my, and my parents or my company that I keep of my kids, no matter who it is, the company that I keep, if they're going to lead me away from God, then I'm going to shut them off and separate myself from them. Come on. If they keep you home from church, you better watch it. All right, I, I'm, I'm gonna know I'm meddling. That's all right. I'm gonna keep on doing it for a while. You know, it's it's the family's interfered, or it's the business I'm working. And I know there comes a time that you got to work, and I know you got to work. I understand that. But if we're not careful, the enemy, every time it comes church night. He'll insert something to keep you. I guarantee you, Brother Freddie, at your shop, if anything is ever going to happen, it's going to happen on Wednesday. Come on, church. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to listen to the good and the bad, and we've got to separate it and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live for God. Come on. You know, I don't care. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go here. I know I probably shouldn't it because I know we got a lot of sports fans in here. But the truth is, if that sports thing's going to keep you out of church, you better let it go. I said you better let it go. It's not worth losing heaven. Come on. If you gain your whole world and lose your soul, what does it profit you? Come on. There's got to be some separation. We got to say, okay, God, I know it's church night. Come on. I'm going to church. Sister McGee, I can't tell how many times I've had water leaks or something going on at home, and I shut the water off and come to church and go back home and fix it later. Come on. I want to go. You know what? I'd probably never get it fixed if I'd just stay home. But since I come to church and went home, it went back together. Everything worked. Come on, church. Ha, I'm telling you, if you'll smile on God, he'll smile on you. If you'll live for God, he'll live for you. 
glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here's a good one. Well, it's because of the kids. It's for their sake. As if it was going to do something special for them. It is. It's going to take them out of church. You know what I say in our day? There's too many people living their life through their kids. They, something in their life that they always wanted to do so they get their kids involved to do what they couldn't do or wasn't allowed to do maybe. Let me ask you, who's the parents here? One thing that I tried to do in my, my kids' life, they may not always love me for it, but I tried to keep them out of functions at school that was going to keep them out of church. I'm not saying it's wrong to play basketball. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if it's on church night, you better go to church. You know what? We played a lot of backyard basketball at my house. I'd... I, hey, I'm sorry, but I went out and played with my kids. I took time out even as a pastor. We get out in the backyard and we play basketball. I didn't leave them out. Come on, they could still play basketball, but they're playing basketball with me instead of the world. Come on. At least they're going to be led in the right direction when it comes to church time. Brother Terry, they're going with me. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know how it is to live with a backslidden daughter. Come on. Backslidden, the last, last high school year. Is that right, Miss Sister McGee? You know what? She thought just because she went the other way, she's going to stay home church. Come Sunday morning, old dad went and shook her bed, said, you get yourself out of bed, you're going to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't care whether you want to or not. As long as you're under this roof, you're going to church. I sat down and had a little talk with her. I said, I want to tell you something, lady. If you take God completely out of your life, I'm telling you what, he's going to work you over and you ain't going to like what he does. But as long as you'll come to his house, he's going to have some mercy. You need to teach your kids that God's got mercy if they'll just go ahead and go to church. Just the least little bit leaning toward God. He can do something if they're here. But if they're not here, he ain't going to touch them. Oh, yeah, it's getting quiet. That's all right. I've preached to the quiet before. Hallelujah. You know what the problem is? You know, here, here we are. It's like we don't have control over kids. The kids is calling the shots and we're doing what they say. That's, that's the excuse. And then there's some of that going on today. The kids are the boss. The problem in our day is we get involved in too many things. Everybody said things. Activities that fritter away our time. And it litters our mind. Oh, well, I might as well.
You see them going down the street doing this? And they'll almost walk out in front of the car? Sometimes do. We're checking Facebook. See what all the messages are, what everybody's doing. What are you doing? If you're not careful, you're frittering away your time. You're wasting time that you could be spending on God and His Word and praying. If you're not careful, He'll take your Bible reading time away right here. He'll take your prayer time away right here. You know what? You need to make sure the kids have to lay their phone down once in a while and pick up the Bible. Oh, I got a Bible on my phone, but I bet not many of you read it on your phone. I'm not saying you don't, but you might at church, but I wonder when you get away from here if you do or not. Come on. Keep it simple. Let's keep the Word of God in our house. Come on. Hallelujah. You know, this is good. You know, we, we got screens and... You know, it's, it's, it's got the Bible up there. But one thing I've noticed, probably some of you don't know how to find the, the, the scriptures as good as you used to because you had your Bible with you. In fact, probably some of you don't even know where your Bible's at. You're carrying your cell phone. Well, I've got my Bible on my phone. Yeah, and you never read it either, do you? Come on, church. Help us, Lord. This is the day and the hour that we live. Come on. It's technology smart, but we're God dumb. Yeah. Hallelujah. We don't know nothing about the Word of God, yet we've got it on our phone. It's a shame when you know more about the people that you're in contact with on this every day than you know about God. Come on, let's keep it simple. Let's keep the Word of God in it. Oh, Jesus. I taught my kids to read the Bible every day. I said, I taught them to read the Bible every day. I taught them to pray every day. Those are two things you need to do. Because when you're praying, you can worship Him. It's a part of it. Come on. If you're not worshiping while you're praying, then there's something wrong with your Bible reading. In fact, what you're doing, you're slipping over words and probably can't tell you what you just read. Oh, it's just going through the motions. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. See, we may need to manage our time so we can get a better focus on a relationship with God. I said we need to manage our time to get a better relationship with God. We need to focus on our time. We need to put God in our schedule and take the cell phone out for a while. I got Facebook only because we had church and I wanted to live, watch, watch church on Facebook. And the only time I ever look at Facebook is if one of my kids or somebody sends a little and it ends up on my, uh, my screen that says, in other words, a pick or something like that. And then I'll, I'll touch on that little number and I'll go back there and I'll look at it and close it back up. You know why? Because I need God a lot more than I need Facebook. 
I got more pictures than I ever hoped to have, and sometimes I want to just pitch this thing as far as I can pitch it. When I get about 10 or 12 potential spams in the day, and I block every one of them and kick it back out, and then they'll, it'll, after you run so many numbers through there, they haven't got you no more, more numbers, so they'll wait about two or three weeks, and then they'll start all over again. I told my wife, so I like to just pitch this thing. It's just, I don't even like it. I got the dumbest smartphone they had. And it still wasn't simple enough for me. They can call this thing smart all they want to, but it does things I don't tell it to do. It does things I don't even direct it to do. Come on, church. I'm going to tell you what. My God won't do that. He deals in simplicity. He wants you to understand what he's saying to you. He, he wants you to understand his word. He don't want you to veer off course. He don't want you to take of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He wants you to take of the tree of life. Come on. He wants you to live on this side of the garden. He wants you to live on the right side of the garden. I said he wants you to live on the right side of the garden. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. We need, to, we need to get our focus on a better relationship with God. You know, come to church. I, I hate to start here, but come to church. You know, your team is playing. So you kicked it in so you can watch it after church. But guess what? During church. winning no you ain't you're losing if you're doing it in church you're losing because you have done lost what the pastor said what he's preaching come on you're out oh, yeah. come on your your mind isn't what it ought to be it's not where it ought to be it ought to be in church but it's really watching the tv watching your team Oh, about you, but I'm excited about our team here. I want to see if we're winning. Come on. When I see brand new people coming through the door, then I'm happy. Woo! Oh, yeah. Man, I love it. <laughs> Woo! Just not very long ago, Sister Jen Adams got the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. Sister Starretta, you sitting back there by my wife. That just makes me feel so good. I'm coming. I just shout glory. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Come on. When your kids come through the doors and you wasn't expecting them. Come on. Hallelujah. Sister Sam, I was so glad when you started coming to this church. And you know what? One thing I like about Sister Sam. In all of her troubles, in all of her trials, through all of this, she has never quit church. You know what? I'm telling you, God blesses faithfulness. Ooh. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry, y'all. 
Mercy sakes. I haven't got long. I'm red, yeah. I stay in the red most of the time anyway. Oh. We need to release activities that infringe, infringe on our time. That infringe on our attention to God. I'm going to say this. I'm a father. Five children. Got children, got great, got grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. Don't overload your children with activities that intrude on their time to grow spiritually. If it's cutting them out of church, you better cut them out of that activity. Come on. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Think about it. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil sitting side by side. Eve gave no mind to the tree of life. She could have partaken of it, but didn't. She chose. She chose, I said. Oh, glory. Exodus 16, 31. I'm trying, y'all. I am. I really am. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now let me take you to Numbers chapter number 11. Let's read verse 4 through 8. And the mixed, everybody said mixed. However, they weren't all Jews. That's what it's saying. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. Did you hear me? I said the mixed multitude, not the true Jew, the mixed multitude fell lusting. And then notice, and the children of Israel also wept again. It's because of them. Oh, no, you got to stand on your own two feet. Oh. And they wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? Here we are, we're griping again. You know, you can gripe so much that even the man of God gets displeased. We remember the fish, come on, which we ate in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. That all we got's from heaven's kitchen. Who wants that stuff? And the manner, manna was as coriander seed, and the color of it was the color of bedallium. And the people went about, they gathered it, they ground it in mills, beat it in mortar, baked it in pans, made cakes of it, and the taste of it. Notice this. They changed the taste of it. It began, it was sweet. All they had to do was pick it up and eat it. They didn't even have, they really didn't have prepared. It was already prepared. That's better than a microwave. This ain't a microwave dinner, honey. This is served just like it is. And the taste of it was like fresh oil. Notice that it tastes like wafers and honey. And now they have mixed it all up and they've tried this and tried that. They wanted to make it taste like something back in Egypt. You know what's wrong with the church today? There's too many churches that's trying to make it taste like something that they had out in the world. 
You know why pastors have failed from this? Because they wanted to make it taste like something in the world. Come on. Ministers that we all had faith in, come on, used to preach our camp meetings. Maybe even prophesied to some of you and it came true. Come on now. I'm talking about it. I'm talking about anybody can get it. I know God makes it simple, but you can be. You're not any better than anybody else. You can make a mistake as same as any. You can be carried away. If Eve, come on. In her precious beginning, where everything was perfect, missed God. You can miss God in this day because look around you at all the things that via your attention right now. God. Oh, my Lord. It's the car. It's the house. It's all these things that's got to be done. And a lot of it goes undone. Sister McGinn and I knows all about that. We've been battling ever since my heart troubled because we had a, a, a pullout on our mobile home that needed repair and bad. Letting all kinds of air in and everything. And this year we finally got it taken care of. That was like a load off of my shoulder. But I didn't miss church because of it. Come on. I didn't miss my prayer time because of it. Come on. I didn't miss my Bible because of it. I didn't say, well, I can't read it today. I got things to do. Come on, church. We got to put it first. Put you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. I'll help you if you'll help me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me, divine, let me define conscience for you. See, it is conformity in conduct to one's conceptions of right and wrong. Let me, let, let me do that again. I said conscience is conformity in conduct to one's conceptions of right or wrong. It's what you think. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Glory. Hallelujah. It's a sad thing when the forbidden looks better than what you can have. Ever notice? It's always the forbidden that you want. Yeah, you ever notice people that they come into church and the things that they don't give up or don't want to give up is the forbidden things, but there's so much more they could have. But they never look at what they can have or what they're gaining, but what supposedly losing. <sighs> Jesus. Hallelujah. See, Eve had to look hard at, at this and, and learn. She began to look at the forbidden instead of what she had access to. 
Oh, glory. They tried to get it taste like something that they had back in Egypt. I want to run to Numbers real quick. I'm trying to close, y'all. I'm trying to wrap this up. Numbers chapter 10. Chapter 11, I mean. And verse number 10 and 11. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. And also was, and Moses also was, what's it say? Displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? A lot of times you bring your man of God to this. Oh, yeah. Notice in Scripture, going back to our Scripture, 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. 11 and 3. Hallelujah. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility. Subtility. So your mind should be corrupted. Oh, from the, everybody said from, the simplicity that is in Christ. Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, I'm, gonna, I'm trying, I'm real, i got to get over it. Matthew eleven twenty five. at that time, Jesus answered and said, Thee, O Father, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and has revealed them unto babes. The simplest in nature. Babes are representative of receptive spirit, trusting, free from prejudice. God is drawn to babes. He said, suffer the little children to come. You know, you... Either one of these two little old babies we got in here, you can usually go to either one of them, and they'll talk and laugh at you, you know. They say they got their own language, but they talk to you and laugh at you, and everything's fine. You can sing to them and clap their hands, and they'll laugh. You know why? Because they trust you. They trust everybody. It's a, it's a childlike spirit. It's, it's babes. That's what babes do. Glory. Hallelujah. Max Licato, in one of his books, posed two questions, and I like it. He said, how do God's people live in a godless society? And then he does this, a question, blend in and assimilate? Try to be like them? That's how they do it today. Now let me read this, Matthew eleven twenty five 25, in the Amplified, and and in the Jerusalem Bible, and I'm quitting. At that time, Jesus began to say, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, and I acknowledge openly and joyfully to your honor that you have hidden these things from the wise and clever and the learned and revealed them to babes, to the childish, the untaught, and the unskillful. Amplified version. Jerusalem Bible. 
At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I bless you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever and revealing them to mere children. Let's keep it simple. Don't make serving God complicated. Worship is not hard. It's simple. Serving God is not hard. It's simple if you'll just kind of live for him, do his commandments. Musicians can come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Psalter is open tonight. I don't care if you're wrapped up in any of these things. If, if it's become more than church, if it's become more than God, then I'm going to tell you, we need to do some soul searching. We need to raise our children in the right way. We need to be careful of what they're watching and what they're doing. In fact, you need to be careful what you're watching and what you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray tonight, God. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.